Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings everyone. Karibuni to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi's podcast channel where we post all our sermons, all our messages, interviews, encouragements. We hope God has kept you. You have been safe. We hope you're, you're healthy. You've begun the year well. And may the Lord bless your 2022. Um, my name is Pastor Fred Alexander Oyola. I'm the pastor right here at Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. I'm glad that you're joining us. And um, Karibuni. We just have one announcement. We've pushed our Mizizi to February. So 6th of February. Hey, people. We gave you another one week to register with us. Sign up, spread the word, join us for plug-in where we reconnect with God, we reconnect and um, get to know our community. And we also get to know why God created us, our identity. And so spread the word, sign up, and let's walk this journey of getting to know God together. Once we begin, it's time to go. Guys, this month, we've been talking about never giving up on doing good. That's the series we've been doing. It's been a powerful series. It ends today, and we thank God. We began by looking at never giving up on doing good to those overtaken in sin. Then we looked at never giving up on those overburdened. And then last week, we looked at never giving up on the household of faith. Our Bible reading has been from the book of Galatians, chapter 6. We've been reading from verse 1 to 10, and we'll read that again today. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with the instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you today as we share this final word from the series. We ask, Jehovah, that you prepare our hearts, protect us from the enemy, and help us not just to remember this word, but to do it and to be fruitful. This we pray in Jesus' name. We all say, Amen. Like we've been saying, the book of Galatians is a letter that is unique in the sense that unlike the other letters around it, it was written to a group of churches around Galatia. This we've been saying the whole month. Galatia, we said, is a term used in the geographical and political sense and so would have meant an area anywhere from Antioch to Derby, which is present-day Turkey. Paul wrote to these churches to address the issue of justification by faith alone. The churches in Galatia had Judaizers. These are Jews who were still insisting on following the works of the law in order to be accepted into Christianity. And they went as far as to discredit Paul as an apostle. 
justification, like we've been saying the whole month, is God's righteous act of removing the condemnation, guilt, and penalty of sin. This he does by grace, while at the same time declaring the unrighteous to be righteous through faith in Christ's atoning sacrifice alone. It doesn't mean it is licensed to sin because of the grace that is constantly there, but it is the power to live a spirit-controlled walk that ends up in bearing fruit. In chapter 6, we meet Paul breaking down the walk of the Christian by the Spirit. Paul is telling us that the evidence of having the faith of justification is living by the Spirit and this in doing good. Paul directs the Galatian church to, in verse 1, do good to those caught overwhelmed and overtaken in sin. In verse 2 to 5, to do good to those that are overburdened. In verses 6 to 8, to do good to the household of faith. And then finally in verse 9, to never give up on doing good because there is a harvest if you don't give up. Today we finish the series by looking at never giving up on doing good because at the proper time there will be a harvest. Galatians 6.9 is where we are dwelling on today. It has simply said, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. One of the most difficult things we have to do in this life is to do good without getting tired. It is so because the nature of things is that at some point in the day and eventually in life, tiredness always kicks in. This is the reason we sleep. We sleep because we're tired and then we wake up in the morning and go on again and at the end of the day we sleep again. Simply because, yes, we are tired. One day we are born and one day we die. God is telling us that we must never give up on doing good. Never. Never. Not even have one bad day of not doing good. We must never give up on doing good. He's saying, and we've said this <laughs> since we began this month, never give up on doing good. Even when we know very well that we always get tired. This flesh get, gets tired. At the end of the day, we grow old. Things always get to the point of decay, as in tiredness. But God is saying, never. How is that possible? Let me begin by saying, number one, for God to tell us this, it must mean that it is possible. Matthew 19.26 says that Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Jesus was telling his disciples that it is very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when his disciples answered perplexed what or to who may enter heaven, heaven, he responds by telling them that God is in the business of making the impossible possible. God is the only one that can help us to do good without giving up. Only one. You cannot do good by yourself. You cannot be the nice guy by yourself. He blessed us with the spirit that lives inside of us and will help us to do good without ever giving up. And Apostle Paul testifies of the same when he told us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, the famous verse, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That is through his spirit. So we can also do the same about doing good. Never give up on doing good. We can never stop doing good through Christ who strengthens us. But this is through his spirit. Number two, Jesus already showed us through example that it was possible. So God 
has told us it is possible. Jesus showed us it was possible. How? Jesus called his disciples and took time with them all through his life, turning them into world changers. These were ordinary people. He did good through all of their lives. Never gave up on them. Jesus ate at the Pharisees' house. The Pharisees were the number one haters of Jesus. They um, opposed him at every opportunity. But when Jesus had the opportunity to go and have a meal with the Pharisee, he accepted. He was doing good. And at the Pharisees' house, the Bible tells us, he forgave the sinful woman who came and poured um, the alabaster perfume on him. He was doing good. Jesus healed the Roman centurion's son. Think about that. The Romans were those that had overpowered Israel. And when the centurion came to Jesus, yes, inasmuch as he loved the, the Jews, just think about the fact that Jesus healed his son. These were the enemies, but he did good to them. Jesus turned water into wine. And before you start thinking, I'm advocating for wine, just remember that wine was the main drink during the times of Jesus. And so when he went to the wedding and finds out there's no wine, and the mom asks, almost for a favor, he does the favor. He does good to the couple that are getting married. He never stopped doing good. He fed 7,000 hungry people. Think about it. Knowing very well that they were not following him because he was the son of God. They were following him because they realized this man could do miracles. I, have, I bet you most of those, or if not most, a good percentage of those guys probably will never see heaven or never saw heaven. They just followed the miracle worker because they needed a miracle for that time. He never stopped doing good. Jesus walked with Judas to the very end, the very man who betrayed him. So he loved him. Reminding us that his word about loving those who hate you or betray you or insult you was true. He loved those that never loved him. Jesus healed the many that came to him. Even though they never believed him, they just wanted the healing. Jesus was always in the synagogue teaching and preaching from the scriptures. Just to justify of what he was telling us of doing good to those that give you instructions from the word. He was showing us that it is very possible to um, find your gifts in the house of God. Jesus was teaching us that it was very possible to do good to the houses of God that teach us and bless us with God's word. So if he did it, then we can do it. God showed us, told us in his word that it is possible. Jesus showed us through example that it was possible. Jesus did all Jesus did good all through his life to show us that it was very possible to do good. He walked in the spirit and showed us it was possible to excel in the purposes God had set for us because he walked in the spirit. He accomplished all the purposes God had for him and as such received both an earthly and heavenly reward. His reward was so great that we now share in it only if you've received him. Finally, a material or earthly reward and or a spiritual or heavenly reward awaits us just like in the life of Jesus. So, Mchungaji, what are these earthly and heavenly rewards that Jesus experienced as a result of never giving up on doing good? We're just saying earthly rewards. Let me use a word that you understand. A material or spiritual blessing 
awaits us. Just like in the life of Jesus. That word blessing we understand. Hmm. Okay. Last week we said that never giving up on doing good to the household of faith means that we start living out our spiritual gifts. Which means that our lives begin to be to bear f- lasting fruit. Not just fruit. Lasting fruit. It means that we begin to show the fruit of the spirit of God. Which is love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Gentleness. Faithfulness. And self-control. That we know. That we know in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. So, before we even get to why Jesus called these blessings, or why he told us there's a blessing in living in the Spirit of God, we must remember that the very fruit of the Spirit of God is a blessing from God. And I know we don't say this a lot in the house of God, but it is true. As long as you've received Christ in your heart, the moment the fruit begins to appear in your life, that's a blessing. Think about it this way. If you have a tree that is not bearing fruit, we probably will say that tree is cast. Oh, it's not doing us any good. But a tree that bears fruit, we consider it a blessed tree. It is a tree that is blessing us. A tree that gives us mangoes. Ah, the mango season, you know, is with us. Ah, those trees are blessed. They are blessing us. So the fruit that God allows in our lives, love, joy, peace, all the way to self-control are the blessings he bestows upon us. They are blessings because when you love, especially those that Jesus said that are not supposed to be loved, your enemies, that's a blessing from God. It is strength to love people that are very difficult to love. That's a blessing. It is a blessing to have joy in the midst of trouble. It is a blessing to have peace when everything around you is calling for you not to have peace. It is a blessing to be patient when you don't need to be patient. It is a blessing to be kind, especially to those that are not very kind to us. It is a blessing to be good in a world that is so bad. It is a blessing to be gentle in very difficult situations. It is a blessing to be faithful in places where you have a right not to be faithful. It is a blessing to have self-control when every fiber of your being is telling you to just do what you need to do. That's the blessing, guys. This is the blessing God is talking to us about. We don't say this much in the house of God, but allow us to say it here at Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. Jesus continues to tell us through Matthew 5, in what we know as the Beatitudes, that there is a blessing in living in the Spirit of God. He continues in this conversation of Galatians 5. This is what he said. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 11 says the following. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons, children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and say all false kinds of things about you, even evil, because of the Lord, because of Jesus. Rejoice, be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Think about it. 
Jesus is saying we are blessed when we are humble. We are blessed when we mourn for the depravity of our souls. We are blessed when we are humble to the point of meekness. We are blessed when we hunger and thirst for righteousness. We are blessed when we are merciful because we will be shown mercy. We are blessed when we are pure in heart. We see God as a result. We are blessed when we make peace in situations that do not demand peace. We'll be called the children of God. We'll be blessed when we are persecuted because of the righteousness of God, because we've received the kingdom of heaven. When we're insulted, we are blessed. When we're persecuted, we're blessed. When they say all kinds of evil against us, because of Jesus, we are blessed. He finishes this portion of scripture by telling us, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Think about that. Blessings lie in the Spirit of God. Living in the Spirit of God will provide us with such a blessing in this earth and the next. And so the choice is ours. God desires to bless our, li our living in this world and the next because accepting him, accepting him into our hearts is the first blessing for eternity, which then pours into our lives here on earth. But pastor, now... Mchungaji, you are not talking about money. Eh? Atuski maneno ya pesa, mchungaji. What's going on? What about material blessings? To answer that, I will simply read Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 34. Immediately Jesus talks about the blessing or what the blessing actually looks like. He then talks to us about Matthew chapter 6. Allow me to read it in portions. I'll begin from verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are, unhe are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. Or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So, what God was telling his disciples, or those who are listening to him, is your heart either treasures God or it treasures the things that God has provided. Mostly money. So if you serve God, then your treasure is in the right place. If your heart's treasure is Jehovah, then you're okay. If your heart's treasure is money, then there's a problem because you're storing up treasure in places that are temporary, not permanent. He continues to say in verse 25, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do not sow. They do not sow, reap, or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flower of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even King Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, 
which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he, know much, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So basically, God is telling us that if we are constantly worrying about our lives, we have little faith, and we are like pagans who do not know God, do not know him. So, what are you worried about? God is the same one who told us in the, from the book of Hebrews that we should not worry. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. So, how big is your faith? If it's small, then you will worry about the things of life and will be like the pagans who do not know God. If you have faith, then it means you do not worry. Worry not, God has told us, so that we may not be like the pagans. And then this is how it finishes in verse 33 and 34. Seek first his kingdom and all his righteousness. And then all these things that we need will be given to us as well. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Basically, for us to receive the treasures that we seek from this world, then we must have God as number one. His kingdom has to be number one, his righteousness, and then he will give us those other things as he pleases. And so that answers the question. Guys, it is only when we shift our hearts focus to God that we get everything else. When we don't, we display pagan behavior and we probably lack faith in him. The question we then have to ask ourselves at the end of this is, where is your heart's treasure? What do you treasure in your heart? What, what is the number one thing in your heart? Especially as we close off the year. No, the, at the year. The month, sorry. As we are closing off this January, most of us have been praying, most of us have been seeking the Lord. We have set out the plan for the year. Some of us have started on the plan. Some of us are continuing in the plans. What is your heart's treasure? Has it remained in the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Or have you decided to go your way and get all those other things that God is saying come after seeking his kingdom? Where is your heart's treasure? Because if it's in the wrong place, I kid you not, then you probably have little faith and... You're like a pagan. Our encouragement this month to all of us is to never stop doing good. God is asking us to walk the way he walked. To do good to those that are overwhelmed in sin. To do good to those that are overwhelmed with the issues of life. To do good to the house of God. To the ministers that preach the gospel. To be a blessing to that family and to never stop because there is a reward. And the reward might be here, it might, um, it's obviously in eternity. But God might actually bless you to have it here or not. But the question that I've just asked is true because for us to never stop doing good, then it means we must have the Spirit of God in us. So do you have the Spirit of God inside you? For us to do what God is asking us to do, we cannot do it on our own strength. It must be through God's strength of his spirit. 
my plea to you even as we close this podcast is for you to find him find the lord ask him to come into your heart allow his holy spirit to overwhelm you it is only then that you'll begin to do good eventually his fruit will develop and then you will be blessed it is only then you'll be blessed and as that happens all these other things that you need for life will be your portion the lord bless you and see you next time Join us every Sunday from 11am at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.